Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. To have the great Buster Olney with us walk down. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's, I don't know how you could miss it, Buster. It's only behind like five barricades and whatever. But we're here. We're here looking out at people, the Yankee fans, Red Sox fans. I got a confession Uh-oh. for you. Okay. Right, got a it? confession for you. Yeah. Uh, I had ringworm once as a kid. Okay. okay. Growing up in the dairy farm, I got ringworm, and I did not take you PD. Did not. I did not take PD. I, you know, I don't know. Your triceps look pretty good that summer, so I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you. So we had Papelbon. <laughs> this is like low hanging fruit, but we had Papelbon on yesterday. Oh, he definitely got ringworm. Uh, well, well, he was. He basically came out, and we're going to play the interview a little bit later in the show. But he came on. And he's, uh, I don't know if you know this, now he's uh, reemerged from, from his hiatus from, from talking, and he's all over the place, which we love. Yeah. And he, uh, he flat out said about Fernando Tatis, he said, uh, if I face him, I would hit him every time, even if it meant forcing in a run. So. And I got to tell you, the reaction to that the other day uh, around the sport was universal among people I talked to. Like, give me a break. The explanation... Uh, the, the timing of it, someone early in a $340 million contract, and they assume this is a guy making a second bad decision after a bad decision the winner when he rode his motorcycle, broke his wrist, and didn't tell anybody about it for three <laughs> months. Uh, and, and so he probably was unhappy with the rate of healing, and so he decided he wanted to juice it. And guess what? He got absolutely nabbed, and that's why it was unusual to see all those Padres players Come out and rip him. We had this conversation. It sort of stemmed what Papelbon was talking about. Just want to hit him every time he's up. And we said, is this, if there's the same vibe, like you said, the Padres players are upset. But as, as overt as they were, we're like, well, we haven't heard a lot of like vitriol when it comes to this stuff recently. And I don't know if it's just because there hasn't been a, a lot of it because testing or rules or whatever, or if it's this, this uniform exchange sort of mentality that players are like, eh, okay, whatever. I mean, do you sense that there is that anger that we saw with Tatis across the board here? Well, I don't think we see it as often because if there is, and there is, I'm assuming, that there is at least some PED use, uh, but it's not as overt as it was in the 90s. I don't know about you, but you watch highlights from the 90s mm. games, you're like, oh, my God, everybody was juiced. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. shocking yes. when you see it. And now when you see bodies, I don't have the same reaction. No, so, yeah, I agree with that. So I think it really stems from basically, you know, that probably, not as much. probably not as much. All right. So, again, brass tacks here. Perception of the Boston Red Sox in the, uh, in the world outside the 617 area code. 
complete confusion over what they're Ooh, doing. Oh, another confusion. I like uh, it. On complete confusion, people scratching their heads over the deals they made at the deadline uh, to trade away an all-star catcher and then to add Tommy Pham. Because the thought was going to the deadline that maybe the Red Sox should try to slide underneath the luxury tax threshold and make a couple moves that would allow them to do that, and that would become the modus operandi. And we're still not sure, even after the fact, exactly what they were trying to accomplish, mm. right? I mean, we've got an explanation from the front office, but the fact is is that if you you know add an Eric Hosmer, you add a Tommy Pham, that doesn't square with trading Christian Vasquez. And not getting a reliever, actually trading away a reliever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I, I think people around the sport were confused. Uh, in fact, I, I did a, a column that was posted yesterday on the, in ESPN where someone asked an executive with another team, asked, what the hell are they doing up there? <laughs> like, it was just, they, they're, they're surprised. And it's in keeping, and, you know, as I worked on the piece, you realize the perception of the team really now all goes through the prism of the Mookie Betts trade. Everything mm-hmm. from Mookie Betts on, it's people trying to figure out exactly what's going on. What do you think's missing here? So uh, you asked me, so, you know, what's the feel here? And I said, listen, Bloom's Q rating is not high right now. And fair or not, I mean, he has had times here, where, especially last year, when they made their run, where like, oh, look at you, you got Pavetta, you got Hunter Renfro, you got these Kike Hernandez. Now it's the complete opposite. And, you know, what do you think is the disconnect? I mean, is it just that, that we feel like this, this Tampa narrative is sort of taking root a little bit too much in Boston? Yeah, and it's not, as you know, it's not completely fair. I mean, the fact is, is that as the Red Sox championship team of 2018 was being built, we were all noting, you were noting, I was noting, man, they're spending a lot of resources. Mm. It's like a, a kid going out before Christmas, or parents for that matter, with a credit card and loading up, and you're like, oh, at some point the bill's going to come due, and it has, yep. and they've been digging themselves out from that. But here's the thing. They're in a position where they could be aggressive. If you assume that Xander Bogarts is going to opt out of the deal after this year, and I think he is, then the only long-term contracts they've left in the books are Chris Sale and Trevor Story, and then one more year left of Matt Barnes. So you do have the flexibility to go out and be aggressive, and I think that's going to be the next litmus test for the front office. Huge litmus test. In the offseason, will they go after the big dogs? And until they land one of the big dogs, there's going to be that chatter, you know what, it's changed. And... to Trevor's story, we've talked about this. It doesn't really doesn't isn't the big dog. I mean, that's like a medium sized dog. Right, exactly. Right? I mean, this he, isn't Bogarts. This is it certainly isn't Devers. It's not Betts. No, it's no, not Bogarts. No, and it's not Devers. No, no. And so, all right, Buster Olden of ESPN is joining us. And so, when you talk about that, it's interesting because we were just talking about 2013. So 2013, they have this. They free up all the money for the Nick Punto trade, right? Our good friend <laughs> Nick Punto. And so you free up all that money. How are you going to spend it? Josh Hamilton sitting there. Everyone, are oh, you going to go up? And no. What they do is they get Victorino, Napoli, Ross, Dempster. But, but, but. Here's the thing. You can say, well, maybe they'll do the same thing. Two things. Number one, you have to outbid for Victorino and Napoli, which is three-year deals. Which you're not like they haven't shown this regime shown that they're willing to do that. Yeah. And the fact is that you had the core. You also had core guys, David Ortiz, John Lester, those guys, where now those core guys are leaving. I mean, those are the guys who are leaving. So yes. it's not apples to apples here in terms of, hey, we'll, get, we'll work around the edges and we'll get these guys and look at what we did in 2013. I think you still have to get the core guys now. 
Well, and not only be for fan perception, but literally for the team. Like, who are the? What's the bedrock of this team right now? Is it the rotation? Of course not. Is it the bullpen? No, because you and I know that in 2022, bullpens come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have the best bullpen, you could have the worst bullpen at the beginning of the year, and you get the best bullpen at the end, like the Nationals in 2019. Is it the lineup? No, they're 18th in home runs, as you and I talk. Bogarts may well be on his way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know where Devers going to be in two years. Where's the bedrock? Where are the? If you are a big market team, you know, if you're the Phillies, you got Bryce Harper, you got Kyle Schwarber. If you're the Yankees at the moment, you have Aaron Judge, you have Garrett Cole, uh, you know, the Dodgers, clearly. I mean, geez, they have like eight of those guys. Right. If you're a big market team, who's the guy? And it's very interesting because right now, I think what, the, what I believe the, the Red Sox are trying to do now is essentially to emulate what we've seen in Los Angeles. And you know what? A lot of teams have been trying to do that and getting caught in this bind. The Giants, Cubs, and Red Sox are all teams – that are trying to, you know, payroll flexibility, don't get locked in too much long-term deal, pick the right guy, and guess what all three of those teams have? They don't have the core star. And you know what? And going the, forward. You just said it. Pick the right guy. I mean, yeah. even, you can say what you want about Trevor Bauer, but he was a good pitcher, you know? And you can say what you want. You're Mookie Best, right guy. They yeah. pick the right guy. And they, they, they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to be aggressive and out, like you said, outbid guys. So one of the things that I think that, when we look at the trade deadline with the Red Sox, it goes under the radar a little bit. Is it about a week before Heimblum tells Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, you're not being traded? Which we all like, yay, yay, good, hey, that's super. Yet, as far as we know, no offers were made. No, no more contract talks were had. So I know that public perception, and maybe this comes from ownership, saying we need you to do this to, to keep the fan base happy. But that's not necessarily the right way to do it. If you aren't going to actually use that to, to give a better offer or to see where they're at in terms of offer, then why wouldn't you at least explore? Like this comes back to Mookie's. The Devers situation lines up exactly with Mookie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where you go into the trade deadline in 2019 and they say, well, we're going to hang on to Mookie. Well, okay, you hang on to Mookie. You get probably less value by trading him in the next offseason. But at least you had made offers. You know where he's going to be at. Here, like, do you agree with me? Like, shouldn't they have at least explored offers for these guys? Um, I think at this point where where the organization is is that they need to pay them. They're going to have to pay a tax for decisions that, they, that they've been making the last two years that have stirred the unhappiness of the fan base. So I the, think they're going to so overreact. What you're talking about is biz, with the, the business side of things is going to start coming into play a little bit more than they thought. I absolutely anticipate that. And a lot of what this column that I wrote yesterday about was the history of John Henry's ownership, which has been wildly successful, mm-hmm. right? Four championships, the renovation of Fenway Park. Uh, it feels that the Red Sox organization generally much more connected with the community than, say, when... You know, I was popping around here in the late 80s and Mm -hmm. 90s. Um, But what you've seen time and again is that they will veer. John Henry will veer. A lot. A lot. You know, where uh, we saw Grady Little was the manager. In the ninth inning of an ALCS, one decision, essentially, and he's gone. Uh, Theo Epstein, who's going to make a speech in Cooperstown someday. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame, generally considered to be the greatest general manager of all time gone they couldn't work that out 
Ben Sherrington takes over, builds a farm system, builds a payroll flexibility, win, wins a championship. A year and a half later, gone. Dave Dombrowski's brought in, given all the resources, spends them, does exactly what they want him to do, <laughs> win a championship, and he's gone. And guess what's happening now? Yeah. Like, unhappiness is, is beginning to... Well, they also, yeah. Buster, it also seems like they chase their tails. Like, they think this is the way baseball's going. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And with Heimblum, that certainly was the case. So this is the way baseball's going. Yeah. Market efficiency. And, and where Dombrowski, we know that that was the right thing to do. But to your point... It was, we'll let you do whatever you want until we don't like what you do, and then we're not going to tell you to do something different. We're just going to fire you. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's why this winter, it's going to be very interesting, because you and I were talking outside on the field before. Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent, mm-hmm. okay? And by all logic, and, and based on what the Red Sox have been doing the last couple of years, you would never think the Red Sox would get involved in Aaron Judge, okay? But if you're the Red Sox ownership, and let's say that the business side is telling you this is starting to affect our bottom line, the unhappiness with the direction. You want to make a dent. You want to uh, reinvigorate f- a fan base. There's no doubt about it. Like, that would change the conversation. That would wipe the Mookie Betts trade right. to the side. Oh, oh there's, I mean, there's, and there's not a lot of guys in baseball can do that. Right. Right? I mean, so it is going to be interesting because I've said this before. The Devers in the oh, is Betts is one thing because you still have Bogarts and Devers and some of these other guys yeah. still here. Right, Devers and Bogarts leaves, and this is a simplistic way to look at it. But who's the kids wearing the shirts? They're not wearing Story shirts. They're not wearing uh, you know Pavetta shirts. Eric Heisman shirts. They're not wearing Eric Heisman <laughs> shirts. They know he's probably going to be on another team. Yeah, next exactly. Friend. I mean, I mean, maybe Cass Cassis. I don't know, but. That, that comes to the business side of things. And so this is what I'll ask you. And this is like a, a fantasy baseball simplistic way. You lose – you can't come to terms with Devers. Like we all think that Devers is right or wrong is asking to be considered as a top 10 player in the major leagues. That's what he's asking. Don't compare me to a third baseman. Don't compare me to Matt Olson. Don't compare me to anyone. I'm compared to a top 10 player. All right, fine. You're not able to come to terms with him. Bogart sleeves. Do you think it would be a wise decision to go after for the Red Sox to go after Judge? Be- uh, 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 first off, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna undercut your premise by saying I think that they're gonna make Devers an offer and can't refuse. Can't refuse. I think that the stakes are growing by the day in terms of the importance of re-signing Devers to reverse to 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 put that narrative into a box. They need to sign Rafi Devers. I think that with Bogarts, he's far enough out the door. He's got one foot out the door in a sense because you know, he can opt out. His agent, Scott Boris, uh, there are going to be other teams. I know they're going to be interested in him. He can get a better deal. The one-year extension offer in the spring, not good no. in terms of stoking that relationship. So I think the pressure will be on the Red Sox to pay Devers. And as we're sitting here today, I think they will. Okay. All right. You, you don't think so? No, I, I, I actually do. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not 
Does what I'm saying make sense? Because you're it, around the team. No, no, it, it, totally, it totally makes sense. And th- we've talked about this. It comes back to like how much the ownership slash business side of things sort of drops in and says, hey, you know what? You might value Devers at Matt Olson, but we got to value him a little bit more. Well, and we could almost look at, look at it this way. Let's say the number on, uh, you know, on, and the Red Sox might want on Devers is, say, 230, yeah. 230 million, okay? Then you add the Mookie Betts tax. The extra $20 million you got to tack on because you didn't keep Mookie Betts. Yep. And then you add the extra $20 million in the Xander Bogarts tax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in, in, it, I, so I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. This offseason is going to be fascinating because it is, it's going to, right now, as we sit here, yeah. we know how Heim Bloom and company approach things. We know. We know whether it's Devers or Bogarts. We value you as this. Like I, for Bogarts, for instance, Buster, is that I think they look at it as, what, you think you're better than this $20 million that we're paying right now? This, I, this contract you're under is fine. Like, it's fine. Well, okay, you might think that. Right. But there's another team that doesn't. And by the way, the fan base and the people buying the tickets don't. So, so is, is the, are they going to break off from their evaluations to the – after ownership comes in and do, does exactly what you do. Well, I, I think that Heim will never waver. I think that he will evaluate players purely uh, based on what he think the, thinks the market value is. And that's why I think it's so important to pay attention to ownership and whether or not they veer. Because a decision like a contract you and I are talking about with Devers, that's not a, a head of baseball ops doesn't make that decision. General manager doesn't make this, this, that decision. I don't know if you saw this the other day when – uh, Al Avila was fired as general manager of the Tigers. Their owner, Chris Illich, came out and said, oh, it wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with, anything to do with trading Verlander. And it was like, yeah, right. <laughs> You're the owner of right. the team, and you traded a guy in a Hall of Fame trajectory. If they re-sign Devers, that's totally up to John Henry, Tom Warner, et cetera. Which, that is an ownership. Which, decision. by the way, so it'll be the first time since, you know, when they moved on from Sherrington, the whole premise, and I don't disagree with it, where you needed one voice, right? When the Lester thing happened, it was, who's making the decisions? Ben Sherrington, Larry Lucchino, the ownership, whoever. Then Dave Dombrowski came in, and, and he, he obviously made it clear, I'm going to make the decisions. I am right. going to make the baseball decisions. So they do that. Then, like we said before, then he gets to the point where he makes some decisions they didn't like. You're fired. We're bringing in this guy. And I do think that they said to Bloom same thing. We're going to be over here in Liverpool. That's a terrible analogy, but we're going to be over here. We're going to trust that you know what you're doing. We like the way that you do things, and we're going to do it. But, but this, if what happens happens that we're talking about, that'll be the first time since the Sherrington era which they deviated from the from where they broken off from this. We're going to let you take care of business, and we're not going to get in the way. Which, by the way, they'll deny up and down. They'll, they'll always say, "Hey, it's Heim's decision." But to your point, I mean, I think we're getting to that point yes. where you get past this Yankee series, it's not going to be like these crowds. No, and he and I were talking. You know, it's uh, look, uh, Heim. They've had a few a few times uh, when they've made some nice, you know, they've made some nice deals. But it's sort of like getting a bargain can of uh, tomatoes that drops off a truck for fifty percent off, right? At some point, you need a steak. You need the the big piece. You need the core pieces. And that's what we're talking about. And, and that's why I, I, I got to believe at some point ownership might evaluate everything going on direction, business side, knowing that they're a year and a half away from Devers reaching free agency 
and then they're looking at it. So we need to we need to look at this hard. All right, Buster, I kept you way way too long. I know you got a lot to do on the broadcast tonight. Good times. You excited to be here? Oh, totally. These tell us oh, through games. In my backyard. Yeah, you know? I know. I know you. Went to games starting when I was eight uh, my, years old. My daughter's getting married up in your great state in a, in a few weeks. So there you go. Oh, Thank I you for hosting that. us. I know Vermont will do a great job. <laughs> All right, Buster. Thanks so much, Buster Olney of, of ESPN, ESPN.com. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.